0: Today we're going to talk about faith to receive our parts. And I believe that this teaching has the potential to free you. It's not a work. It's not hard. It's not hard to have faith to believe. It's very simple. And this teaching, I believe, will help you to see that. So the first major point is that God's part is grace. And our, we access that grace through faith. So let's look right now at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So, this has a lot of meat in just a very few words. God says that we've been saved through grace. We've been saved. The word saved is so so. We have been so so through the grace of God. By our faith, we receive that grace through our faith. It's not something that we can work for, it's not of works. Remember last night when I was sharing about my salvation, I thought I was saved because I was a good person and I went to church and I I did everything that I thought I had to do. In the church that I was raised in, they literally taught that baptism and the Eucharist provided salvation. But that's not what the Bible says. So I thought I was saved because I did the works. But the Bible right here says that faith isn't I'm sorry, salvation isn't through works It's through faith And faith is believing Um, So there's a combination There's two things that go together Grace and faith Grace and faith Grace alone doesn't save us Grace provides all that we need But it is our part to believe That's our part Jesus did all the work That's good news We don't have to do the work we just have to believe. Let's look at Romans chapter 5. This is a second scripture that gives a beautiful um, snapshot of how we access the grace of God. Romans 5 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Oh, this is so good. We've been justified by faith. We've been justified. We've been saved by faith in grace. We access his grace through faith. And as we gain access into that grace, oh boy, is there a time of rejoicing In that hope we're going to talk about hope hope and faith we're going to talk about that in just a sec so here we are we have grace and we access grace by faith so the question is what's faith I want that I want all that God has for me I want to access the gift the gifts here on a big pedestal I want it so what is faith I'm going to define it by God's definition And then I'm going to give you a a lot of uh, great nuggets about it. So the first thing I want to look at is the Bible definition, which is Hebrews 11.1. We're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about hope. We're going to talk about substance. It's good. I love the scripture. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. First word is now. Faith is now. Faith is present tense. I like to say that the work is done. That's past tense. Past tense solution, present tense, receiving it. And that's faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you see in your handout that there's a bunch of uh, words we're going to talk about from the scripture. And the first one is faith. The word faith simply means to be fully persuaded of something true. Faith is being fully persuaded of something true Now my faith Is in God and only in God But You can put your faith other places You have the option to put your faith In the doctor Or in the medicine Or even in yourself You even have the option to put your faith in your own faith We're going to talk about that in a minute But our faith Is in God That's the key Have your faith in God. But you can't have your faith in somebody you don't know. You can't trust somebody you don't know. I trust my husband because I have an amazing relationship with him. We spend quality and quantity time, and we have. That's a whole other teaching. I mean, I love to teach about that because it's so powerful, how you develop relationship with God. But all I'm going to say is this. In order to be fully persuaded of something true you have to know the giver of the truth You have to know him personally last night I shared that the first nugget that Jenny gave me was or one of the first nuggets was to spend time with God every day To get to know him That's how you get to know the man that you marry by spending a lot of time by talking By having quality time quantity time and we do the same thing when we come to know the Lord And have relationship with him. So faith is being completely persuaded, convinced, fully persuaded of something true. And that faith, the faith of the truth. This is the truth. The faith of the truth and the giver of the truth. My faith is in his word. My faith is in the God of this word. Being fully persuaded of truth is the substance, the foundation of hope. Being fully persuaded of truth is the groundwork, the foundation for hope. Now that word hope in our world is very watered down. In our world that we live in, when we say we hope something will happen, it's like we wish it would happen. It would be nice if it would happen, but we probably don't really plan on it happening. That's the English vernacular for hope. But that's not God's Bible definition of hope. That word hope in the Greek means confident and joyous expectation. That's a big difference from I wish it would happen. That word hope means confident and joyous expectation expectation that whatever it is that you have faith in is going to come to pass that you are confident that that's yours that you are expecting it to come to pass I was talking with some of our ministry team this morning and we were saying we feel your draw of expectation here you have come with an expectation that's why the power of God is moving And we're seeing manifestations already. And it's going to increase through the weekend because your expectation is going to keep rising as you keep gaining knowledge and revelation of truth. And as you keep seeing testimonies. Amen, Amen, my husband says. So faith, being fully persuaded of something true, is the substance for this hope. This expectation. This awesome expectation. And then the second half of the scripture says, it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence is proof or confirmation. Your faith is the proof or the confirmation of things not seen. Your faith, in the Amplified, it says it's the title deed. If I have a title deed for my house, I own it. Your faith says... I own it I own that truth the grace of God is my possession but it says in the second half of the scripture that faith is the proof the title deed of things you haven't yet seen that means it hasn't yet been revealed to your senses it hasn't yet been revealed to your senses but Just because something is unseen doesn't mean it is unreal. The gift of God, the gift of healing, or whatever it is that you are in need of, if it's in God's word, is real. Whether it's seen yet or not, it is real. It is yours. But if you don't know it, then you don't know to receive it. I want to give you an analogy that just has helped me a lot. We're talking about faith being the evidence of things not seen. So what I want you to think about right now is a a day in the weather where the signs of the sky point to really bad weather. You had one of those a couple days ago when you got lots of snow here, right? That was before we came so the the sky is dark. there are dark, ominous clouds they 're they're, they're heavy. You can tell that they 're filled with precipitation and You see those clouds, and it is evidence of a storm. It is evidence that there is a storm coming, that there is rain or snow coming. The cloud is the evidence of the precipitation, but not only is it the evidence, it also carries the precipitation. Those clouds carry the rain. Those clouds carry the snow. And then it comes. It, not always, but very often those clouds drop the precipitation. And it's manifest. Faith, just like the clouds, faith is your evidence of what you haven't yet seen. Faith, and you can discern the faith In you I and I'm gonna tell more about that as as I teach today but I know when faith has raised up in me to a point where I'm believing God more than I'm believing the doctor's report that faith is built up and you discern it just like you see the clouds and you know it's gonna rain faith is the evidence of what you haven't yet seen But not only is it the evidence, it carries the miracle. It carries that thing that that God has promised you. It literally carries it. Your faith is the access to the grace and all of the gifts that God has for us. Your faith literally carries it. And then it's manifest, just like the rain is coming out of the clouds. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay, now this next major point, the heading says true faith is believing what God has already done for you by grace. I'm just going st- to talk to you for a minute now about some truths that have become stronger and stronger in me that have made all the difference in the world in my faith, in my believing. It's not dependent on me being a superstar of faith. It's not dependent on me building myself up like this uh, whatever. Superhero faith. That's not what it is. I'm on, I want to even add another couple of words to that heading before I give you these, these little awesome nuggets. Faith isn't just believing what God has already done by grace. Faith is possessing and owning what God has already done by grace Okay, the first point I want to make We talked about grace We talked about that Through the death of Jesus He's already accomplished the work Once and for all So if Jesus already died for you And it's already done The scripture says By whose stripes you were healed Were as past tense How can you doubt That he will do what he's already done Now I remember when I got this revelation I was in the middle of my battle The the original battle when I was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer And Jenny was mentoring me and guiding me and teaching me about, about healing But I had a misconception And my misconception was that I was going to be healed I had been meditating on words. I saw that Jesus died for me. I knew all that, but I was I was speaking, and I was out of my mouth. I was saying, "God, I thank you that I'm going to be healed. I know it's happening. I know it's going to happen." And then, one weekend, we had a visitor at our church, Charles Caps. Maybe you're familiar. This is a mighty man of faith. He's put together some little um, pocket book size prayers that are scriptural about different things and I had one of his little books about healing and they were all scriptures about healing and I had been reading those scriptures many many times and just meditating on them and he came to visit our church which was totally a God thing and and at the end of that day he taught probably a lot of the same things I'm sharing today at the end of that day when I went home I had a new revelation and Ken did too God put it in both of our hearts and we were driving home and I told him what I had gotten and he said I got the same thing And that is that I had been speaking wrong. We had been speaking wrong because it wasn't a future tense Faith my faith was was incorrect when I said i'm going to be healed The truth is that I was already healed That it was already done and that in the spiritual realm because we're made of spirit soul and body I already had that grace. I already had it so I changed the way I spoke and instead of saying Father God, I thank you, I'm going to be healed I said Father God, I thank you. I was healed It's done Now I hadn't seen it yet manifest But I changed the way I spoke. That's when I got the revelation How can I doubt that you'll do God what you've already done? So that's the first nugget The second nugget I want to share with you and I don't think this is on your handout But the second nugget I want to share is that faith isn't something that you have to do to get God to respond. Because he's already done everything. (laughs) He doesn't have to do anything else. The work is already done. Healing's already been provided. So sometimes what we do is we think we're not going to receive until we have this thing called faith. And so what we're actually doing is we're putting our faith in our own faith instead of our faith in the finished work that's already done. It's a subtle difference, but it's a big difference. And so the, the words that we can think, if you want to write this down, is to say, God, I have faith in your grace. I have faith, and then you can name specifically what part of that grace. I have faith in your healing. I have faith that Jesus said you already did it, so it's mine. Instead of saying, I have faith, God, so you can move now. He already moved. He doesn't have to move again. He doesn't have to die again. He doesn't have to take the stripes again. So have faith in that grace. And this this that next point is on your your page and this is a big deal. This is good. And in fact, this is new in my heart. As I've been studying for this teaching, this is a new one that has just been birthed in me, and I'm excited about it. It's it's a subtle, again, a subtle little difference, but it's a big deal. We don't have to fight to get healed. Because Jesus already did that part. He fought for us. We don't have to fight to get healed. Our what we're doing now is defending the healing that we already have. And it's a lot easier to defend something you already have than it is to fight for something that you don't have yet. Just think about that one for a minute. It's already mine. I'm just defending it. I'm defending my healing. I'm not fighting to get healed. Now, you might not have seen it in your body yet, but it's yours. It's already been purchased it's yours in the realm of grace. It's yours in the realm of your Holy Spirit that's in you So I'm just gonna read from my notes because this, I want to make sure I say it this way Maybe you've been fighting I'm gonna read it the whole thing common misunderstanding is that you must fight to get healed instead of fighting because you've been healed You're trying to obtain healing Instead of defending the healing you already have. Okay. So what does it look like to access grace through faith? What does it look like? What, should, what do you see? Like if I'm looking at you or if you're looking at me, what does it look like? You believe that you already got it. Just like we just said. You might not have it, in the, it might not be manifest yet. But it's yours and you believe it. I believe that healing's mine. I believe it's done. That's the first part, believing. Believing that you already have it. And that's a simple belief. You don't have to understand it. You simply believe it. The second thing is talk like you've already got it. Talk like you've already got it. Speak in faith. I am the healed of the Lord. I am whole. Jesus paid the price for me. I I choose to receive it So talk like you've already got it And the third thing is to act like you've already got it Act like you've already got it Act healed Now in order to do that you need to use wisdom Because your body might You know have a lot of difficulty acting like you're healed But there are things that we can do We can put a smile on our face Instead of a frown We can get up instead of staying in bed all day. We can turn off the TV and praise God. There's a lot of things we can do to act healed instead of acting sick. I'm going to give you an example, and this just completely, I believe, is the Holy Spirit because I wasn't planning on saying this. Yesterday I was FaceTiming with my mom and my dad. My dad is 87 years old. My mom's 85. My my mother had a stroke about Three years ago, and she's doing really well, but she can't do the things that she used to do So my dad is completely taken over with all of the things like cooking and cleaning and laundry and etc. Etc. Etc My dad has a smile that never leaves his face He is exuding joy So does my mom And they they could Choose to look at their season of life and be depressed You know, my mom can't do the things she used to do. But that's not what they're like. They live every day to the fullest. They act healed. They are. But they don't give in to what the world says when you're 87. You should, you know, be depressed and not smile and be grumpy. Oh, no. They're so positive. I mean, you can't help but smile when you see them because the smile never leaves their face. And that's how they are all the time. We have a choice. That's the point I'm making. Believe that it's done. Talk. Talk. Speak like you've already got it and act like you've already got it. So that's what it looks like. If you want to know what it looks like to access grace through faith, that's what you would see or hear. And I want to make one more point before we go on, and that is that you may be sitting there right now And you're not alone Because we've all been there And you might think Well, you know, sometimes I'm like that You know, I have my ups and my downs Sometimes I'm really strong Because I know the truth I know God's word I declare his word I praise him for what he's already done And, and, I, and I'm strong And then maybe you get a bad report Or your body's symptoms are, are kicking in and, and, and they're big And you go down in a valley and your faith feels feels weak. So you're kind of like uh, a roller coaster, up and down and up and down. The reason that happens is because you're responding to what you see in the physical, natural realm. Your, your faith is in response to what's... Go- oh, I just felt an anointing when I said that. I, just want, I, I like to say that to you because I know that the Holy Spirit is just heavy on that right there. So I'm going to say it again. The reason that you're having that roller coaster thing is because you're responding to the natural realm instead of to the spiritual realm. The grace is the spiritual realm. It's already done. Yesterday's teaching, the finished work, is the done deal. And you're letting what's here in the natural um, drive Your faith, instead of you being in the driver's seat and saying, "Oh no, I believe God, I believe that finished work," and when you start doing that consistently, the ups and the downs will will straighten out, and you'll be consistent. Okay, now next big nugget. This is a good one. You may ask yourself this question. It kind of goes with the last one. Do I have enough faith? God, because I, I know I have to have faith. My part is faith. So do I have enough? Good news. You do. You do. You have the faith of God in you. Do you think, do you think God has enough faith? Do you think Jesus had faith when he walked on this earth? Yeah, that faith is in you. And I'm going to show you that scripturally. There are many places in scripture where you can find this same truth. I'm going to show you two of them. The first one is Romans chapter 12. I meant to go do a search and at least give you a number of how many times this is in the New Testament. But I think I have found about 12. 10 or 12 instances where the same concept is in there. <clears throat> Romans 12 verse 3. And I, I, I'm reading from the King James for a purpose. I'll tell you why in a minute. For I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think But to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith This scripture says that Everybody has this measure of faith the word in the King James is the measure of faith T-H-E, the measure. In many other translations, it says a measure of faith, which is a vague term. It's not as specific. God didn't give us just a measure of faith. He gave us the measure of faith. And he gave it to everybody. It is part of that grace, that grace, that, that manifold gift. He planted the faith of God in us. You know the, the um, fruits of the Spirit. When you read the Scripture about the fruits of the Spirit, one of them is faith. It's in there. He gave it to us. Now, do you think the faith of God is, is enough for you to believe for anything? Yes, and it's yours. But friends, if we don't know what we have, then we get puny because we look at ourselves and we're certainly not very big on our own. But with the faith of God in us, we are. We have the faith, the measure of faith that God gave us. And the next scripture, goes even, it's even better. Galatians two twenty, And again, I'm reading from the King James because of the translation. <clears throat> I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In some of the other translations, it says, I live by faith in the Son of God. But this, when you look at the words in the original language, this is the true translation. I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's in me. That's what I live by. I live by the faith of God that's in me. If I have the faith of God in me, I don't lack faith. The problem isn't a faith problem. The problem is an unbelief problem. This after, or tomorrow, Fran is going to teach on doubt and unbelief and help you to recognize how doubt and unbelief can raise up. But, but if we know it, we can say no to that and say the faith of God's in me to believe everything that Jesus provided. Okay. The rest of this morning's teaching, let's see how I'm doing on time. Okay, I'm doing good. The rest of this morning, I want to share with you basic laws that govern your faith. These are laws, these are spiritual laws that are very, very real. And when we are in line with these spiritual truths, these spiritual laws, our faith can operate with freedom. Nothing will be getting in the way. I want to give you an analogy, and this is from an Andrew Womack teaching. So, if you guys are Andrew Womack um, uh, people that know of this this teacher, you maybe have heard this analogy. It's a really good one, though. Um, I just want to put a plug in for this this teacher. He is a very good, solid teacher of faith and grace, the two things that that are. Available for us God's grace and accessing his grace through faith he talks a lot about healing He is a man who has raised his son from the dead his son was dead Five hours five hours and he literally raised his son from the dead He's 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 prayed and had four three people raised from the dead And healings all over he's probably the closest to the the great evangelist smith wigglesworth That we have living right now and I um, I really read a lot of his teachings so this is an analogy he uses he said think right now about electrical power it wasn't around you know a hundred years ago but it has been harnessed and and We now, our our electric companies, and of course we don't understand this. We don't have to understand it. But our electric companies generate power and they supply it. That's what we pay our electric bill for. That's what they do. They generate power and then they supply it to our homes. But, but, do we have to call Detroit Edison And say, "Um, I want to turn on my lights. Will you flip the switch for me? Do we do that? We don't have to call them and say, Do you want to turn my light on? I don't call them in the morning and say, Will you turn my light on? No, when you originally turn it on, yes. When you originally get it set up, yes. But once it's supplied, you don't have to call them and ask them to turn the switch on. It's done. That's my part. I'm sorry, back up. That's my part. They did their part. They generated the power. They supplied it to me. My part is to turn on the switch. Right? Okay, now let me connect this with what I want to say. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. God has done the part. He's generated the power. He supplied it. That's grace. He's done his part. But this is our misconception. Many times we pray and we wait and we ask God to do something. Like, like, Calling the electric company and asking him to turn on the light That's not the way it works We're violating the laws that govern faith We don't have a problem with God's power or supply It's already there It's already ours Our problem is we haven't learned to turn on the switch God did his part Our part is to turn on the switch Our part is to cooperate with him in faith So these, I'm going to share Six laws that govern faith. Now, I want to say these are not all inclusive. I'm not saying, okay, this is it. Do one, two, three, four, five, six, and you're going to get it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that these are really powerful spiritual truths and they're going to help every one of us. The first one, number one, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. This is a spiritual law. And when I was meditating on this, it's like, this is how you plug in. You know, when I vacuum, again, I don't call the electric company and say, will you plug in my vacuum for me? Will you turn it on so I can vacuum? That's not what I do. I plug it in. I turn the switch so that the vacuum will work. I think that when when we hear the word, it's like plugging in. So let's look at a scripture. Romans 10, 17. You probably already know it, but open your Bible anyway. Romans 10, verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word word in this scripture is rhema. A rhema word from God is a word that is spoken directly to your heart. It's revealed to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. I want to tell you what happened during my healing journey in this, in this aspect. Jenny, the day that I was saved, gave me that little Charles Caps book. She gave it to me and she handed it to me and she said, Cindy, this is your medicine. Read these out loud every day. There's healing scriptures in this little book from the Bible. There are scriptures from the Bible about healing. Read these aloud every day. I didn't understand why. I didn't understand anything, but I started to do it. I I was so empowered to have something I could do when the doctor said there was nothing I could do. So I took those scriptures and I started reading them out loud. When I first started reading them out loud... They didn't seem real to me. When I first started reading them out loud, it was like too good to be true. It was I liked it when I read by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. I liked it, but it didn't seem real to me. I continued to take those scriptures and read them aloud every day. And I began to make them personal and meditate on them and just stop to talk to God about them. Literally, I would just stop and talk to him about it. And as I did. That's that happened. The scripture left that happened to me. Faith started to grow. Faith started to to, what I what I believe happened. Is that the word is seed. God's word is seed. And as I was speaking that word that seed went in. But it didn't sprout right away. It's like when you plant grass first or any seed first. It's just a seed. And then when it gets water and dirt and sunlight and everything, it starts to grow and it sprouts, and then it grows and it grows and it grows. I think that's what happens with the Word. The Word is seed, and when you plant it in you, it's like you get pregnant. (laughs) You conceive it. And it grows, and it grows. And as I would read those those words, those scriptures about healing, and meditate on them and talk to God about them, they got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger in me. Faith was just building up Now what was happening guys That was already in my spirit Remember we're spirit, soul, and body It was already in me But as I was meditating on it And thinking about it Because the soul is the thinking part My soul is my the part of me that thinks As I was thinking about it I was really drawing that right out of that spirit realm And into my soul And then it could move from my soul into the natural, into my physical body. So my faith was growing, and all this was happening over time. It didn't happen immediately. This is one of the spiritual laws that govern faith. You, It's important that you hear the Word, not just once a week, not just once in a while, but you continuously hear the Word of God. Now I want to make one clarification, and that is... In, in the realm of um, when you hear about faith teachers or faith churches, one of the things that is sometimes um, talked about is that they, they, they say, oh, you got to confess the word six times a day or ten times a day or three times a day or something like that. That, and the word confess, mean, well, it has a couple meanings. One, the real meaning is agreeing with God. <laughs> but it also means to repeat something, to declare it. So, the, the teaching goes that you need to confess the word so many times in order, or, you know, lots of times, in order for faith to grow. Well, and, and, and in order for God to move. That's the mistake right there. God already moved, He already did it. So, confession doesn't do that, or declaration or speaking God's word doesn't move God. He's already moved. There, there is a lot of benefits, though. There is a lot of benefits to declaring the word. It encourages your own heart. It encourages you. And it, it, it puts your focus on God and his word instead of on the junk of the world and instead of on what the enemy's trying to get you to buy. I want to share one scripture. This is Revelations 12, 11, And it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of of their testimony the pronoun him is the enemy the devil they overcame the enemy you could put any word in there you want that you're being attacked with they overcame cancer they overcame diabetes they overcame fear they overcame anxiety they overcame uh, uh, relationship problems by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony the blood of the lamb purchased grace. The word of our testimony is, builds us up in faith to access the grace. The word of our testimony is the word of the testimony of Jesus. It might be our testimonies like I shared earlier of all of the people that have already received healing. That's the testimony of Jesus here. It might be the testimony of what Jesus did in the word when he was walking on the earth. When we meditate on the word of his testimony, our faith is built up. And we overcome. We overcome. Now in your handout, it says, why is it so important to read, to study, to meditate on the word? It isn't to move God. He's already moved. We don't study the word to get God to heal us. We study the word to find out that God has already healed us and to calm our fears. That's what will happen. You'll see it happen. As you meditate on his word, fear will dissipate. To anchor our faith. It gives us that secure foundation for our faith. So declaring the word, meditating on the word is powerful In fact, I'm going to go so far as to say that meditating on the word, Tom's going to teach on it this afternoon, renewing your mind to the truth is the most important key to responding in faith towards God's grace. It is powerful. Tom is going to teach a whole session. This is like a revelation that God has just put in him. It's it's God's revelation for all of us. But Tom has a gift to share it. And that's why I've asked him to share that teaching this afternoon. So the first spiritual law is faith comes by hearing. The second one I want to share about is the importance of speaking with faith. Speaking with faith. I'm going to give you a biblical example. Turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark 5, chapter, or verse 27. This is the woman with the issue of blood. When she heard about Jesus, so there's our first spiritual law. She heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And in the Amplified is actually probably the one that I wanted to read. For she kept saying, She kept saying, If I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. She heard about Jesus and she kept saying, I am going to go touch his garments, and when I do, I will be restored to health. My friend Jenny, when I first started my journey, I was going to go to a healing meeting. The meeting was about a week later after she originally led me to salvation. And she said, keep saying this. I am expecting to receive when I go to that healing meeting. She said, just keep saying that. I didn't know why, but I said it. I read the scriptures that she gave me to read, and I kept saying, "I'm expecting God. I'm expecting." That's just what this woman did. She was speaking. Our words are so very powerful. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. This is a uh, oh, just a, a dynamite scripture to have in your in your reservoir of scriptures. I'm going to read from the Message translation. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Our words are so powerful. Our words can literally release life, but the opposite is also true. Our words have the potential to release death. And when I say death, I mean yucky stuff. And it could even possibly be the finality of physical death. But it could also be lack Like I said with my mom and dad, they're so positive. And they live a life of wholeness. But they could be the opposite. And a lot of old people do that. They talk negative, 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 and that's what they live. Our words have the power to release life or death. What you say affects what you believe. Faith, remember, just like the scripture we read earlier, faith carries Things not seen, just like clouds carry rain. Your words affect what you believe. We're talking about faith to receive. We're talking about coming into agreement with the word instead of the doctor's report, instead of what you feel or see or sense in your natural realm. So this is another very important way that you respond in faith. Remember I said those three things, believe like that it's already done, talk like it's already done, act like it's already done. So this is the talking part. The third law, since God has already done his part, we need to do our part. We need to exercise our authority as believer and speak to the mountain and command the situation to change. Remember the analogy about the electricity. We don't call the electrical company and tell them to turn on the switch. They've already uh, supplied the power. They've already generated and supplied it to us. Our part is to flip the switch. God's already done his part. Grace is completed. This amazing gift. It's already been supplied to us as believers. Our part is to take authority. He doesn't tell us To ask him to give it to us. That would be like calling the electric company and asking them to turn on my lights in my house. He's already done it. Our part now is to take authority. To speak to the mountain. Let's look at Mark 11, verse 22 through 24. This is where a lot of us don't understand. We ask God to do things for us that he's already done. Mark 11. Verses 22 through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. We're talking about faith. And this is what he says. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe that you receive them and you will have them So god tells us to speak to the mountain and to believe He's already done his work. Now. He tells us to speak to the mountain To command it to go the problem is we ask god to solve our problems Instead of speaking to the problem We ask god to solve it We we say god help me with this. He says I already did We need to speak to our problem about our great big God instead of speaking to God about our great big problem. Last night, when we had our our ministry time, and you saw prayers of our words of knowledge going out, and then people would stand up and we would talk to the body. We would speak to the body and we would thank God for taking care of it. We would release. I use the word release and I'm not any any Magician God's in me the Holy Spirit the power that raised Christ from the dead is in me and you if you're a believer and When we release it basically the whole thing about releasing is believing Believing Releases they go together. I believe So I use the word. I believe I release so when I speak over you And this is I'm just giving you this example because I want you to do it for yourself You don't have to have somebody do it for you. You can do it for yourself So instead of asking God to heal my problem. I thank him that he's done it And I speak to the body I speak to the body Speak to whatever or the situation. It might not be the body. It might be a situation